Welcome to Three Thoughts On. Today we launch a series on book reviews. My first guest in this series is Marina Lazares. Marina is a British actor, author, and relationship coach. For over 20 years, she worked a corporate career spanning senior sales, training, and development, all while also pursuing a career in professional acting. During that journey, she recognized a consistent need in her audience, so she decided to pursue studies in psychodynamic counseling and achieved accreditation in mindfulness and hypnosis methodologies. Marina is a certified co-active coach and has led entrepreneurs, CEOs, and many more back to authentic, fulfilled lives by putting love center stage. Today we discuss her new book titled Men Need Love Too, which is dedicated to men like her father who live their lives on the sidelines, ticking off society-approved goals only to end up waiting for that one day to experience unadulterated love that never comes. This was an enlightening conversation for me, and I hope it is for you too. And now, Marina Lazares. Welcome to Three Thoughts On. Today, I am excited to begin a new series on book reviews. And my guest is Marina Lazares. Marina, how are you today? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me here. It's such an honor. Oh, thank you. Thank you for agreeing to meet with me and to do this recording with me. Uh, if we can get started, um, just by you giving us a little bit of background on who you are and how did you get to do something that you seem to love quite a bit? Yeah. Who am I? And I love this question. As I always say that I'm a soul walking a human experience. That's who I really am. I had a bit of an awakening experience from a very young age. I, um, my dad and he died when I was young. My dad was very spiritual at the same time. And my parents had a lot of trauma, immigrational trauma, war trauma. And so I was coaching them and acting at times <laughs> as part of my childhood. So... When I got into school, I studied philosophy, I studied theology, I studied psychology. There's a school age. And then coming up to 40, I was like, it was a big milestone for me. And I was like, what do I want? And I was like, I don't want anything. All I want is my knowledge to what I've experienced in my life to be accessible to everyone. It's everyone to be able to have this, hence the book. I wanted my message to get out there and I wanted people not to feel alone because I felt alone and I remember when I was young, both my parents didn't work at a stage when I was growing up and I used to read my little proverbs and the Bible <laughs> and things to get through my childhood. So in a way, this book is similar. It's questions and answers it's almost like that same structure where someone can pick it up and put it down at any time. And as I say it, like this light just came out of nowhere and just, wow. But it is to bring some lightness and fun because all these topics can get very deep, love, sex, relationships. 
And let's just bring some lightness and fun and not take ourselves too seriously. I kind of bring my own experiences as well as my theories because I've obviously studied this stuff right in depth as a, a trained coach, relationship coach and an actor. Like I've studied all of this stuff and I, I love it all. So the title of your book, um, I actually had a couple of conversations uh, yesterday with with people. I was telling them that I was that I was doing my first you know book review, and, and the title of the book is yeah. uh, "Men Need Love Too," you know, a man's simple guide to sex and relationships. And some of the re- I didn't get anything any negative reactions, but it was kind of like really. Because it seems like we live in a world that is, is is so divided right now. We live in a very interesting time. I, I love the times that we're in because it allows us, on one hand, to do things like this, you know, to meet, you know, across the pond in real time and have an interaction and share uh, the the various things that we're going to share today. But it is also a time where it seems like we there are forces that want us to pick sides, right? And um, when you say men need love too, tell me more about the title of the book. What did, why did you feel this needed to be said and written? The title of the book actually came after the book, right? And it was like, what is my message to the world? And I really reflected on that. What, what do I want it to be? And in my heart... It was like, okay, this is a message because like anything, I think we need to help things get back into balance. And men were coming to me and the balance had shifted too much the other way where men were being condemned for everything. And as a woman, having these men come to me and say, look, Maria, this is what I'm struggling with. And they had nowhere to go, right? They couldn't go to other men and they couldn't go to women. And so they were carrying around these burdens and this shame that really wasn't theirs and having their voice, their throat chakra suppressed. And I know that male suicide is on the rise, right? So it's like, okay, let's just address that. I'm (laughs) pro-men, but I think nobody says that, right? It's like (laughs) pro-women. Just imagine like all these men were going like, hey, pro-men. Like everyone would be like, what? But, you know, somebody has to say it, right? Someone has to say it, and I'm that person. Well, no, that, that's very interesting you say that because you mentioned the word balance, right? So it seems like we've lost the balance, and I, I, I am, I uh, fully agree with you. I've, I've been as of recently also becoming a student of the feminine and the masculine, and and it seems like there is a a departure. And you mentioned this, you mentioned this in your book about the narratives, right? In your introduction, you talk about the narratives that are demolishing masculinity. You know, in other words, there is a feminine, the true feminine, and what people think that is. And then there's the true masculine and what people think that is. And more and more, it seems like what people think it is becomes farther and farther away from the true essence of it, right? So in your in your, in your your eyes... First of all, do you agree with me? You know, and if not, please correct me as I as I go yeah, along. Of, of course. I mean, like, as I say it, I feel like a sadness that comes up, right? 
Because it's sad. Because we, society, porn, films, the internet, they push all these narratives on people. And people then play roles because it goes into their subconscious mind. Rather than going, and they blame. And, you know, instead of coming together and going, okay, right, let's respect one another. Let's, you know, know that there's masculine and feminine in everyone. How can I respect that in myself? And if you can't respect that and balance that in you, then how can you do that with another? Well, in in order to do that, right, there has to be an awareness. There has to be an awareness of, you mentioned again, roles, and with roles come expectations. And then with expectations come, you know, somebody once told me a while ago that expectations are premeditated resentments, right? You know, these are things that are, someone taught us this is the way things should be, and therefore this is the way I'm going to behave, you know, and that's, Probably one of the first points where the imbalance starts, which is manliness versus masculinity, right? This is something also that you that you touched upon in your book. What do you see the difference between those two is? Manliness or proper manliness, the way society describes it, and true masculinity? Yeah, I suppose the manliness, the way the society is currently depicting it is you know do achieve get the house get the car get the woman you know follow the herd mentality be one of the boys don't cry suck it up (laughs) and so then you've got true masculinity is being grounded it's being I would say to be able to hold space to be that container for emotions but how can you contain others emotions and you know cycles that could be happening throughout life if you've never sat with or contained your own emotions if you've never been in a position where the feminine hasn't nurtured you right or you haven't had that nurturing so it it is a cycle hence why I'm like hey this is my perspective from a nurturing voice And a bit of both, there's a bit of balance in there in the book. But, you know, I think that's the main main thing. But again, with love and no judgment, right? To not make necessarily that wrong, but saying, how's it serving you at the moment, this life? You know, are you getting to the next goal, the next goal, the next thing? You know, great, but how... Are you sitting with your feelings? Are you tuning into that? Is it fulfilling your soul? Like the next woman, the next woman, you know, or, you know, are you in flow state? Are you following your passions, your purposes? Are you giving back? Are you serving humanity? Like, it's just a different energy. That's, that's interesting. So let me, let, me, let me throw something at you and see if, if this resonates with your experience and the men that, I've, that you've coached and talked with. I had a conversation years ago with an old friend and we were talking about, you know, I I spent, I I still am in corporate America. I spent, you know, I've been in corporate America for about 27 years. Uh, And corporate America tends to be a very manly environment, right? And, And it's only until recently where 
where women have been given the opportunity to have a voice and to make a change, you know, and, and, and to, and to participate in a, in a healthy way. But the conversation that I was having with, uh, with my friend was that it doesn't matter which company you're in, you're going to find at some point a manager, a director, a vice president of some sort who is just not very effective at what they do, observably unhappy with what they do, unconscious about how their actions impact the people around them, right? And we started talking about that, and we concluded, and again, this is where I would love, love your feedback, we concluded that it was probably because that person, that man, specifically that man, never really wanted to be there. This was probably a guy who became an engineer like me and got his first job and he was happy being an engineer. He got married, had kids. He had a nine to five job that he was really good at. And he came home, he played with the kids. He spent time with his wife. He took, yeah. you know, they went to the soccer games or the baseball games or the football games and everything was great until, because of how good he was at what he was doing, he got promoted. And with the promotion came more money, more responsibilities, but also a departure from what he was really good at. But then he pushed harder because that's the expectation, you know, do more, be more, become more. And there comes another promotion. And with every promotion, this person became more used to the financial advancements and the family needed more of that money. But the, he became farther and farther away from that sweet spot of happiness that he had in the beginning where he didn't have as much money, but he was happy. He was happy with his family life. He was happy with his job as an engineer. As an individual contributor, he didn't need to be a manager, right? But the machine, right, gets you in this hamster wheel of go more, go more, and then you go for that more, and then you get used to the more, but you lose yourself in the process, and now you're in this position you never really wanted to be in, and now you're unhappy, and by default, you're making everyone around you unhappy, but you can't talk to anyone about it because you're supposed to be a provider. You're supposed to deliver. You're supposed to do all these things. Does this resonate? Yeah. Um, or do you see it in, in, you know, in a different way? Oh, I totally resonate with this, with what you're saying, because I've been around this, and I've been around it in my personal life directly. And again, it's that self-betrayal when you don't have a strong sense of self. And this is where people don't work on themselves. The number one thing you should be doing is going, okay, what are my values? Who am I? What lights me up? Now, knowing this is essential because otherwise you'll be poured, poured down roads that you don't want to go down. And you'll self-betray yourself. So what happens if you self-betray? Well, you don't like who you look at in the mirror. You don't like to see that reflection reflecting back at you. So if you don't like yourself, and that inner critic then is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, where do you go? Well, 
you go to criticizing everyone else around you. And then you're just getting that negative cycle and that negative loop feeding back to you. And then it's just a downward spiral from there. Because unless you know, okay, I can now focus on a different vision and and cut your ties and be like, hey, there's a different vision. And I am not attached to the career. I'm not attached to the job title. I'm not attached to the money. Unless you have fierce courage to go, hey, I can start something else. Then you will destroy your whole life and everyone else's life around you. And the universe will show you a different direction. Hence, probably end up in a divorce. (laughs) Or other relationships will literally go away around you, right? So never self-betray. And often those that self-betray, betray others. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because they've just chased. They've chased things which don't really resonate with their true values. Because they've chased an image of society that they think they need to be, rather than going, hey, let's slow down. Okay, what's important? Okay, when I'm on my deathbed, what's really going to matter? It's the moments I've spent with them individuals. They're going to flash before my eyes. And that might sound a bit (laughs) woo-woo, but that's all you have. You don't take nothing else with you. And if all their moments are just that, and you're just frustrated and angry... You know, like, I feel very sad for people like that, you know, and because it's just an illusion. It is indeed. It is indeed. And you, you touched on a couple of things there. And for me personally, it's, it, it's, it's, it's what I call that, that self-scrutiny, right? It is looking, looking at myself in the mirror and understanding that, my thoughts are not mine, that I am the observer of the thoughts, that my feelings are not mine. I am the one who experiences those feelings and that the emotions are not mine. I am one that experiences those emotions. And that is a very difficult, that is one of those paths that once you embark on that, you cannot unsee it, you cannot ignore it. It's very difficult for for an individual especially for a man who's been raised in a in a bubble where not only you don't express to others how you feel but in silence whatever you feel you squelch down you push down and you don't deal with it to go from that upbringing of ignoring the feelings ignoring the emotions to actually observing them and then to questioning them and and they're just loving them and then just loving them you know like we miss we miss that bit right and bring in some like you know oh my god i love you i love you that you're feeling a bit sad or you know you know the goal of life is not to be happy right and it's like it's once we love and respect the human journey and not make any parts of us the enemy, right? As you know, the mind is not the enemy. The feelings, emotions are not the enemy. It's just as it is. And the moment we love and respect all parts of us, everything changes. Oh, no, I agree with you. I tell, and I tell my kids and I tell my friends all the time, it's like, you know, 
when you when you feel when you feel sad, right, or when you feel depressed, or you feel you feel blue, as people say, you don't become sadness. You just an, a, a being experiencing sadness. It's just like when you get you know the flu. You don't become the virus. You're just experiencing the virus, right? And and they look at me and it's like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. But how do you how do you get people, you know, as a coach, you know, and as you, you talk to men, they come to you with these types of things. How do you get it from it making sense up here to actually them doing it? Because I think that's where the challenge is, is, is for for men who have been living a certain way to then say, you know what, I do love myself. I do love who I am. I do or I am going to do the things that I need to do in order to be able to love who I am. How do you how do you get from one side of the line to the other side of the line I, again it's, it's, it's explaining this really helps as in like an emotion just an emotion and to give an experience of perhaps when I didn't cry and then I done my coaching training and cried and cried and nobody was like hey here's a tissue or we need to fix you it was just oh she's having an emotion what are your tears saying and to be to give respect to the emotion to give respect to what comes up and honor and witness. And even like, you know, depending what it is, if it's anger, then going with them with the anger. Okay. Let's shout and scream. And then next thing you know, bam, there's tears because no one's been able to be with the anger with them in such a way that kind of mirrored it back to them. So that then they could go, okay, behind that anger was loads of sadness. and It just comes out. And I think the moment you kind of, explain it and explain how the body holds it and you do more embodiment because you can be logically and most of us can be logically in our minds right so we're in our up here but then we go okay your body holds so much and then that's okay so where is it going on right my heart heart right stop boom shut your eyes and then like just going through these embodiment stuff their body will just do stuff and release stuff. And it's like so quickly they can move through that, right? And, you know, come out of that is, and, and just being in that process and going, okay, it's okay. You know, because I think the fear for many people, especially men, is they're going to cry and never going to be able to stop. And actually, if that is the case, eventually you will. But, you know, it can quickly, you can quickly transition. And your body hormonally needs that transition. It needs that release. Like other ways your body needs a release as a man every now and again, it's the same with tears. Hormonally, your body gets rewired, it produces the right chemicals, and then it allows you to flow more. And this is where depression is repressed emotions. We don't want to repress. We don't want to be robots. We don't want to be AI. We want to feel. We want to expand. And then we'll be able to connect to others because if we haven't gone through that, how can I sit there with your tears if I haven't been with my tears? Because it's scary, right? I'm going to run. And then how do you have a deeper relationship? How do you make love with the person crying? Because it's, it's so beautiful when you haven't even sat with your own tears. How do you experience different things and see the beauty in these different things? Yes, no, that's... that's um... You touch you touch there on several interesting points, and I, I fully agree with you. It's it, it is it is the that that proverbial um, you know when you go on a plane, they say put on your mask first, and then put the mask on your child, or you put your mask on the other person. It's like you you can't give what you don't have. Connection's the biggest gift. 
and then yeah connection is the biggest gift like we think we want other stuff like why does your relation break down relationship break down i'll tell you what it is you haven't had enough connection the story that everyone wants to hear is the drama the truth in the matter is you you didn't have the connection you didn't deeply connect with your partner you didn't connect with your team at work you didn't know them. You didn't connect to them. You didn't know what lit them up, what didn't lit, light them up. What motivated them, what didn't motivate them. You weren't with them. They didn't feel like you were part of the, they. You were with them in, in the team spirit. It was you v them. There was a disconnect. That's why people keep leaving the job. That's why your relationships keep ending after a year. <laughs> Connection. So how do we connect? You know, so you know, connection. Would you would you say that connection requires is a two way street, or is it possible for one person to lead another one into connection? I think it's both, right? But ultimately, we learn through others. We heal through, with others. It's the energy you co create, right? It's being in them safe places. That's why somebody would get a coach, right? It's perhaps they haven't got anyone around them what they can practice maybe speaking their truth. They haven't got anyone around them that they would be able to be really vulnerable with. So they would get a coach. And it's the energy you create with that person because you like their energy. They make you feel safe. They make you feel seen. And it's that energy container that creates the healing. But it maybe creates a place for then you to explore different things that you didn't think was maybe... Well, you just didn't even know because you haven't even gone there, right? So there's like little windows that are opened. And this is where I say that, you know, I talk about this in the book around you can't love someone until you love yourself. And I'm like, hmm, that creates a lot of shame. And where I believe I understand that there's some truth in that saying, my perspective is more in, you know, you do learn love in relationships. You learn love through others. You learn, you know, and if somebody's had a really bad childhood where there was no love there and they've been, been given all these beliefs, they're going to act out these beliefs. And until they are ignited with kind souls that have compassion, that can be with whatever it is, things don't transform. And so this shaming thing on people is not right because you can't learn love from sitting in a room by yourself. You can get so far, but we'll get, you know, it gets very lonely. <laughs> and, and, you know, we're not, you know, you know, I'm not an advocate of virtual reality. I'm an advocate of the energy created by human beings, putting the human back, and that is what I want in this world. I was passionate about that one. <laughs> yeah, no, I, no, I, I, I agree with you. I, I think that, and I, and I and I I can speak out of personal experience. It's I don't know if this is I can't say that this is because I am a man or is because I'm very analytical. But there there is a force inside that has told me in the past. You know, as I ended a very important relationship in my life that was very long term, and in my mind I'm thinking this is all the things that I have to do. I've read a lot of books. I've talked to a lot of people. Um, there's a lot of knowledge out there. There's more books that I have to read. And 
this is all I have to do. I have to go from here to here. I have to go from A to Z alone because I got to deal with my with my baggage, with my problems, with all the mistakes that I made, and and the times, the points in time would where I was not a conduit to connection, right? And it's very easy to get in that loop and stay in that loop of, nope, I'm not ready. Nope, I'm not ready. Nope, I got more work to do. I still need to be alone. I still need to be alone. Mm -hmm. I, now I'm not ready for a relationship. And of course, my therapist is telling me, uh, no, you learn by all being and trying with others at some point you gotta get out of the academics <laughs> at some point you gotta get out of your head and you gotta go and try it's so beautiful because it's protection it's just our brain wants to keep us safe and that's a beautiful protection mechanism and you can do it you know there's different ways there's no right or wrong way it's your way and you know I have spoke to some amazing individuals that have gone on the path of celibacy and they've done internal work and breath work and, you know, and that's been right for them. And so it's choosing what's right for you. And I believe that as long as you are not attached to an outcome or looking for something within somebody else, if you see relationships and others as a path to growth, and you're in that space of this is beautiful i'm growing then that's what that's what will show up and if you're not attached to an outcome right and you're going into it from that space beauty happens and that you're whole and you're enough and a relationship does not define you does not define who you are the longevity doesn't and that's why i won't sell that you know i was born on valentine's day Love is big to me. And just because somebody's in a long relationship doesn't mean they're happy. And they're selling this relationship course. And I'm looking at them thinking, well, I know all relationships have ups and downs. <laughs> I'm not selling that. I'll never sell that. So, you you know, you're, you're whole as you are. It's about enjoying every experience. It's about loving it all. And it's not about Success and failure. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you a question. Um, you know, in your, in your book, you mentioned, you know, happiness uh, is not the goal. Fulfillment is. And, um, and I agree with you 100%. In fact, I, again, I'm very analytical. I'm very logical. I'm also very feeling and very, you know, spiritual. And happiness is not, is not a requirement for evolution. It's something that we've, as humans, created. Right. And, and I'm, I'm perfectly okay with it. I love to be happy. Um, but it's not necessarily, um, something that it's, it's part of our genetic makeup, you know, from the beginning It's something that, that, that showed up later in our evolutionary process. Um, it, it seems like, you know, we hang on to that happiness mm. the same way we hang on to love, and in hanging on with love, it seems to me that we do the same thing with love as we've done with the feminine and the masculine, which is to misrepresent it, right? So it seems so that much if you ask five to 10 yeah. people, what mm -hmm. is love, right? You will probably get 
five to ten different answers, right? Um, you, 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 loving energy comes out of you, right? Just by having this conversation. Number one, question number one, do you feel like the people that come to you and talk with you and look for your coaching have a misrepresentation of what love is? And if so, then what is it and what is it not? Brilliant. You said so much there that I just want to like come in on. And in my book, I say, (laughs) yeah, in my book, I say, the goal of life is not to be happy. It's to feel fully right, to experience the journey. We're experiencing it. You know, there's going to be grief. There's going to be people that die. There's going to be, you know, there's going to be all these things in the human experience. We're here to experience. Once we let go of that attachment, of the drive to happiness, guess what? Boom, it shows up. You know, and it's just like when you can respect everything and your emotions, you can find happiness very simply. So it's that loving it all which creates happiness, I believe. Love. I believe us living and us dying is all happening at once. So there's this illusion that we lose love. There's this illusion that it can go from us and as I'm saying it my hands like a tingling of it it doesn't go love transcends everything you being madly in love with someone is still there in that timeline like you dying is there in that timeline like everything's in that timeline I can tune into that I've got that I haven't lost it it's there it's with me and all the love that I give everyone else is there and any time that you feel alone you can connect to that because it's still there it's in the timeline it's actually happening like a movie playing out, it's still happening there in some timeline. So how could you have bitterness and resentment to the person you divorced when you're madly, deeply, you're madly in love? Like when I look at it, I can see the image of when I was madly, deeply in love with my ex-husband. It's there, it's all playing out. That teenagery, well, I was a bit older than that, I was in my early 20s. It's all playing out. And at any time I can connect to that and I can choose that rather than choosing when it got, whoa, <laughs> You know, but if that lights me up and makes me feel happy to know that in them timelines, it's not gone. I don't lose anything. It's all there. It's all in the energy field. I can tap into it. How beautiful that I've experienced it. How miraculous. What a gift. How lovely. And that's how I get through forgiveness. That's how I honour the light within someone more than the dark. That's how... You transcend, right? No, I, li- I like that. I like that. I think that it's you know it's, it's important for all of us to actually understand, you know, what is love? Is it's 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 an action. It's something that you do. It's something that you become. It's something that you you are. You know, we are that. And it goes back to what you said in the beginning about looking at yourself in the mirror, right? And making a decision of you love what you see. If you feel like you don't, then there's things you can do to change that, right? As opposed to then feeling that shame and feeling that that heaviness that it's so much easier than actually doing the work to get to that point of being comfortable with who you are and where you are in space. And when it comes to the relationships, I... I agree with you too. I think for me, it's about looking back at, you know, 27 years with someone 
I care deeply about and finding a way to be thankful for that time because without that time, without that connection, when we had that connection, I wouldn't be who I am today, right? And yes, that that ended, but um, without that, I am not sitting here having this conversation. Exactly. Without that, uh, as as this version of me, right? So it is important for us to look back at that, you know, and as be you. thankful because yeah. it is, whether it's 27 years or yeah. seven years or seven months in our relationship, it is now a part of you. It is a part of me that is added to my life, is added to my timeline, like you said. And the only thing I can be is thankful because I grew and that is my goal is to grow, is to be a little bit better every day. Beautiful. Beautifully said. So let's um we're we're almost out of time. Time flies when you're having fun. Uh, <laughs> what would you like to to leave the audience with? You know, you you have this book. I went through three quarters of it very, very quickly. Loved a lot about what you said. I love that you actually um had a section on women, you know, what the women want and you know how to be a gentleman. I think that's a a lost art. What would you like to leave um, the audience with um, you know, some final thoughts on your book and your philosophy? Listen, I've got my theories that I've developed from my life experience and from my studies and my work. What I encourage people is to not take themselves too seriously, not take it all too seriously, to you know, to have love and compassion for themselves, and if if something resonates, they want to read a page. Great. If they want to look at a picture. I've got pictures in there. Great. If they want to pick it up and put it down, or you know, the element is I've lived my life experience. If I can, through a meditation prayer visualization that's in there, if I can bring some peace, if I can bring some understanding or light on my pain things that I've suffered in so others do not have to experience that then amazing and take what resonates with you and and live your own version of your own life because your life is different from my life and enjoy it love it love it all don't judge yourself too harshly don't make leadership or the spiritual journey a doing task and miss out on living and having fun, and smiling, and sharing your light, <laughs> because that is the ultimate thing that we can do right now. Well, great. Thank you so much for your time. Um, where can people find your work and your book? Where can they go get it? Get it on Amazon, and marinalazarus.co.uk. You can go onto there. It's got everything on there. Um, it's got my book details. And I'll be putting my subconscious wise method in there, which will be my own meditation stroke hypnosis tracks for people to follow. Wonderful. Well, thank you. Thank you again for your time. Thank you for taking a leap of faith and having this conversation with me. I am grateful. Oh, honor. And I uh, wish you all the best and we'll be talking soon. Thank you so much. Thank you for reading my book and thank you for having me on. 